what's up? We're back. BKFC show. Brian Sochi hanging out with my main man, my twin brother from a different mother, as they say. Rob, we're hanging out. And I'm glad everybody's already been in the chat waiting. We're excited to talk to you. So much to get to tonight. I mean tons today. It depends where you're watching. I know that we have a guy from Russia on, so I guess it's nighttime there, right? Oh, man. Do we? Yeah, he's... The shot's already getting angry. That's going <laughs> to... There's so much to unpack with him. We're going to talk to you. Jeff Monson, he's been around the game for years. I mean, he's done everything. I know you're a big fan. You're pretty excited about that interview. That's coming up in just a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about all this other stuff, the trending topics in combat sports. So much happening. John Jones in trouble again with the again, law. You know, again, when I first... This guy, I don't know. Can't get right, man. That's his new name. Can't, can't get, get right. right. That's right. Can't, can't get right. And uh, we're going to talk about him, Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, some stuff from that fight this weekend. A lot of people have a lot of opinions. Uh, some were sad to see how the fight mm-hmm. went down. Some were just like, it just it's opinions on that fight. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. Also, Anthony Joshua losing the yeah. title. Hmm. We'll talk about that as well. Let's start with John Jones, though, before we get into all this. So, John Bones Jones. I had heard an interview with him years ago, years and years ago. He seemed like it was a radio interview, like a likable guy. Uh, and then I started reading about all the trouble he was having. And he doesn't seem as likable anymore. Uh, now, his latest problem, I'll let you talk about that, Rob, and we can kind of kind of break down what's going on in this guy's life. Yeah, so apparently he was at Caesar's Palace. Uh, they get a telephone call. There's a disturbance, and they find his fiancée, um, who has you know three of his children, blood on her face. You know, they interview her. Uh, it just comes out that, you know, was he hitting you? You know, this is per the police r- report, that is. Um, she said something like a little bit, so a little bit, a little bit's too much. Yeah. Right. So he's back in it. And uh, I guess he came out the other day and said that he's done with drinking. And Dana White said it's about 10 years too late for that statement. Well, uh, I think I I agree with that. I agree with Dana, but I I don't fully agree. He's done some damage, but Mm -hmm. if the guy's going to try to improve himself, it's never too late. I wish it would have happened earlier, but uh, you know, more power to him. We don't want to see any of the females getting hit. We don't want to see him getting in any more trouble. So if that's the truth, if that's what he's trying to do, I'm not saying kudos to him, Mm -hmm. but I'm saying, for the people around him, it is 10 years too late, but is it ever too late if you're trying to get your life back on track? And who knows? We've seen it many times in sports, in life, in families. You get the crazy uncle or something, you know what I mean? That's a drunk. And then they, they get on the wagon, they're doing better, and they become different people. So, uh, you know, time. Time's an interesting thing. Time, was it time's a valuable thing? Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. I believe, is that Limp Biscuit or something? <laughs> no, that was pretty smooth, man. <laughs> but, Just but say you came up with it's it. It's true. I did. Brian Sosha original. Uh, it's it's true, though, because that's what's going to, time's going to tell with him. And, and I hope he gets his life on track. All right. Quick more. question. Easy question. Sure. Say, you know, and I hate to be the guilty first public opinion. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. But you have to go historically on the person. So this isn't his first run in with the law, second or third. He has a history of runnings with the law. Um, if he is found guilty, would you like to see him fight again? Should he? Maybe a better question is, should he fight again? If he's beating on a woman, you know, that has been a very polarizing topic. Again, so many polarizing topics, but a very polarizing topic in combat sports, whether it's Floyd Mayweather coming into news for something very similar Mm. or John Jones coming into the news or Conor McGregor, you know, punching some old man at a bar. At what point do you say enough is enough? And if that happened and you're working for a bank, you're working for a Fortune 500 company, Fortune 100 company. They would fire your ass in a heartbeat, in a blink of an eye. Are they treated differently because of their status? And do they get, oh, well, maybe next time, maybe next time. We'll just keep giving these, you know, these celebrities, these fighters, these influential people too much. And, you know, there, there is truly no punishment. You keep, keep giving them, you know, time and time. Sure, sure. Next time we'll punish them. So my three-year-old loves Lightning McQueen, right? In love with Lightning McQueen from Cars. I never mm-hmm. knew Lightning McQueen was. He's got a, a red Lightning McQueen hat, always wearing McQueen shirts. And when we punish him now, one of the things I do is I, that's the thing that means the most in the world to him because he's three. Mm-hmm. So I say, I'm going to take away your Lightning McQueen hat and your Lightning McQueen toys if you don't stop. And he loses his mind because you're taking away something that's important to him. It's the same thing with John Jones. If you take that away from him, maybe he will learn where you're taking away his income. You're taking away uh, the, the thing that defines him as a human. I mean, that really is. This mm-hmm. is his life. So I, I would say... Yeah, maybe he would learn if he took away like, a little slap punished. on the wrist if he's punished. But the other way you could look at it is, I mean, will people pay money to see this guy that beat a woman get beat up? That, that's business-wise. Mm-hmm. And right or wrong, that would make some people feel good. So there's all different ways of looking at it. I look at it as like a kid. You take away something's important, maybe that'll help. It might be a good thing. It seems like it's stern now, but you're laying the groundwork to help the guy and he doesn't even know it. 
So mm-hmm. that, that's the way I would look at it. And I thought you said it would be an easy question. <laughs> Rob, Rob never asked easy questions. I can't wait to see what you ask with Jeff Monson later today. Oh, man. Looking forward to that guy. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess that's John Jones in a nutshell. And, and we'll keep updated as you Just will can't too. can't get right, man. Let's ask the chat. We always like to see what they think about should John Jones fight again? Should he be penalized? Uh, where do you stand on it? We'd love to know in the chat. I think Rob's got the chat in front of him. I always look at the chat afterwards when I rewatch. So uh, I, I know we like to be left love too. Rob loves the thumbs up, right? Yeah. Joe Miggs, you know, I, I think he summarizes it best. If you're famous, you get treated differently you by the law. It is what it is. You do. And yeah, it's sad. It's That's why these people constantly re- you know, they go back into drugs. They go back into the violence. That's what I'm saying. Take something away from the guy. Mm-hmm. And now he gets the long arm of the law. And now he gets his workplace too. I just think everybody should be treated equally, whether you have a dollar or a trillion dollars in your pocket. Everyone should be treated the same. You know, the fact that if you're a multimillionaire or if you're a famous celebrity, you can, you know, excuse my language, you can fuck up 27,000 times and people are still like, well, he made great records or wow, he can shoot a basketball well or wow, he can kick very well. But the, the person that swings a hammer or a person yep. that, you know, yep. attends to computers, they mess up. It's send them off to the They're jail gone. for the next 50 years. Let me go one step further. Not only can they mess up that many times, but on the next time they mess up, if they decide to get it on the cover of People magazine or something, it's a best-selling article and they're saying, oh, I've... I am a sex addict. Oh, I, I did, and now I'm better. And then mm-hmm. we, they, then they get celebrated, which is cool because you know you want to see somebody be the best person they can be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, should we be celebrating those people because they've made the mistakes? They're simply owning up to a mistake, like a man or a woman would mm-hmm. do, an adult. Why do we need to celebrate them for that? Sure. I mean, good, good on them. They got better, but we don't need to brag about it. You know, yeah. They, they screwed up. They should be ashamed of that. I don't know. Or just learn from it yeah, well, at the end of the day. Be ashamed. Good point. It would shame me, mm-hmm. and then I would learn from it because I'd never want it to happen again. That's that's me, but I'm speaking with a, a semi-sane mind. And, speak, <laughs> and speaking of learn from it, uh, Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, number two. Nick Diaz did not look like Nick Diaz. I watched that fight, Brian. I broke it down. He looked slow. He did not look like he trained that that hard for this fight. And I believe that he came out with a couple of different, you know, quotes. He does not like fighting. I, I don't think that's, that's not surprising. He does not like fighting, but he thinks that's all he has. That's so that's why he's me. hopping back in. So I'm, I'm not sure if it's, if he's hurting for money. I know he's got some what pretty was the successful purse? Do you know? Schools. Does anyone know what the purse was? I don't know what the payout was, but uh. I'm sure it was a great payout. He's a, he's a great fighter. He's a legend. The dude is a legend. I thought Robbie Lawler looked great. Yeah, well. You know, I thought he looked very, very, very good. I think Nick did hit him with some good shots. I think his conditioning, though, he's known for his superior conditioning. Him and his brother, they train triathlons. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're very active. Maybe take some time off, or maybe it's just the time off. Why? Why, why so much time off between fights? Because he doesn't enjoy I mean, fighting? He, he hasn't fought since 2015. Yeah. So from 2015 to 2021, that's six-year layoff. That's going to hurt why. anybody. He made 400 grand. 400 grand. Uh, All right, that's a nice good. little amount. Evan, yeah. Lord Evan telling us that 400 grand. So, I mean... Excuse me. Good payday. And uh, again, it kind of for me and what I was seeing online and what I felt, it kind of <clears throat> it was kind of sad to see that happen. A guy that uh, there's a great meme. I forget who put it up or I'd credit him. It was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when their baby turtles walking with Splinter and Splinter was Diaz. And that was like the, you as a kid watching MMA. Mm-hmm. And then the turtles had grown up and Diaz was Splinter now all disheveled and broken and older and it just kind of talked it showed i think how a lot of fans thought i don't think people were mad at him or disgusted with him i think people kind of felt a little bad for him uh that that, mm-hmm. that that's where this guy has gone and i think that we learned a lot from watching that let him cash in on his money the guy's a legend he's done so much if he can get one one more four hundred thousand dollar payday that might not be popular to say but i'm gonna say it good for him and now he knows i'm done yeah uh, and some people say that some people are arguing that he quit uh, I, I won't say that at all. You don't think he quit? No, I don't think he just, you know, threw in the red flag or white flag. Excuse me. I think that Robbie Lawler hit him some really tremendous shots. He didn't want to go to the ground because if he does, it's game over. It's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Diaz's jiu-jitsu is second to none. Best in the world. You go to the ground with him, it's curtains. And Lawler didn't want to do that. He just wanted to stand up. And uh, he was getting the better of the exchanges, and I think he broke his nose. It looked like it. Yeah. I hate to insinuate that, but you know, it uh, looked uh, like some clean blows caught him, and uh, that's what ended the fight. I've talked to more than one fighter, uh, high-level fighters, obviously doing this gig, um, and I can't remember who said it, but I know I'm thinking of two guys did, but I don't want to misquote them. I believe they said something like, they've been fighting so long, you kind of know when you're in there 
okay, if I wanted my career to continue, this could shave some time off my career where, where I'm done or I'm not going to embarrass myself by getting slept. Mm-hmm. I know it's coming. So I'd rather just kind of live to fight another day. That's a way of looking at it too. But I don't know if he's going to fight another day. I think he was living to collect a paycheck and go home mm-hmm. to uh, his loved ones. I mean, he said it. He hates fighting. And that seems to be common amongst some of the prominent fighters. Did GSP, he hate it always? GSP said it as well. I hate fighting, but which is very always. strange. It's very strange to be a combat sport, you know, a mixed martial artist, a professional fighter. That is your job day in, day out, and truly hate what you do at some point. You're just like, I, I don't want to do but it. But did Maybe they start hating it when they started or they hated it as it went on? Do we have any? Good I'd question. love to know that because they good could question. hate it because they don't want to deal with the business of it. They just love mm-hmm. fighting. They don't, maybe they don't want to make the media obligations. Maybe they fight for a long time and they love it. And it's almost becomes like a, a torture for them because that's what defines them now. Their bodies are beat as they get older and they, they love it. It's like an abusive relationship. They love it so much. They keep coming back for it, but they keep getting banged around. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's it too. I'd love to know more about that. If anyone in the chat knows that uh, you were saying both guys, they, they hate fighting, but they're so good at it. They do it because they're good at it. Did they ever love it? I feel like a lot of fighters I talk to, I can't understand as a normal civilian mm-hmm. how you would do a bare knuckle fight, perhaps. Like, and let's maybe say you grow to dislike it at some point. You're, you, you don't like promoting hurting people. You don't like getting hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you know what? My, my time has come. My time in combat sports is, is, is through. And in the beginning, there is a lot of love for it. There's a lot of passion for it. Like anything, though, you just grow. You just grow in a different direction. Yeah, maybe I'd like that's to see. Took place. That's, that's a great way of looking at it. I'd like to see if that's the case. I mean, maybe, again, we can figure that out. If you know in the chat, maybe you know something we don't know. Um, another thing we want to talk about getting off this topic was Anthony Joshua losing the title, losing the title. I didn't see the fight. Did you see it? I did not. I did not. I didn't watch it fully. I watched some of the highlights. Um, you know, he came out and, you know, people were Tyson Fury's going in on him as (laughs) usual. That guy, man, he, they asked him a a question and within six seconds, he's already talking about Deontay Wilder saying he's the best. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if there is a fight with Anthony Joshua and Fury now, which I that was to be the super fight between those three gentlemen. Hmm. Now you have you know Alexandra, <laughs> Alexander, um, being the undefeated champion. Yeah, and I think nineteen and zero. If I can remember, and we were talking about this before we went on the air, I think Anthony Joshua was only lost like what twice. This mm-hmm. one, and he lost uh, a couple fights ago. It was a I know he lost a. I believe he lost a, a match, and he had a rematch and beat uh, who Ruiz. Was yeah, thank you. That's Come it. On. Ruiz, yeah. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. So, I mean, there's a bunch of losses. It's, you know, a loss is a loss. It's one. I don't think it's going to end his career. No. Uh, but it might put him on well, ice for a minute. Well, that's one of the things. I actually spoke, this was probably about a month ago, and I was having a long conversation with, you know, David Feldman. And I asked him, I said, why is it that the pro- primarily boxers, if you lose once, that's kind of your career, or lose twice, that's, that was historically, you know, the thing. And it's, you know, they like padding fighters' records. So going into it's like, wow, those fighters 20-0 and 30-0. And, and it looks like it's a, a very strong person, but a lot of the wins aren't from competitive fighters on their level. It was no. just kind of gimmies, if you will. Tomato cans. Yeah. yeah. But you look at MMA and you look at combat sports in general as a whole, a lot of fighters do have losses. But those losses, they're competitive fights. You love to see them fight again. And it really doesn't say it spelled the end of their life, their end of their career, excuse me, that, hey, I've got a loss or two or even five or six. Some of the fighters are like, wow, win or lose, the fans win in the end because they're such entertaining fighters. And that's what I like to see about, you know, bare knuckle fighting in combat sports. Robbie Lawler has I, like I, I agree with that. Robbie, yeah. yeah, Robbie Lawler, like 15 losses. That's right. But mm-hmm. people still want to see him. I mean, yeah. I'd still watch him and he's still a name that people pay to see. And it's all about business at the it's end of the day. entertaining as hell, man. There you go. And I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, and, you know, as long as the fans leave happy and you haven't, what do they say? An ass every 18 inches. Sell the place out. Yeah. That's what you want. And they can do that. Um, a guy that I know has been huge in combat sports. We've talked about this a couple times already. He's coming on in a couple minutes. Jeff Monson. He's in Russia. Uh, and we what a polarizing character Ooh, this gentleman is. So much to learn about him. We've done some research on this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, obviously, he is a decorated wrestler. Yes. He's a very intelligent person. I believe he has his degree in psychology. He yep. was practicing in the field for five years. Smart guy. Uh, yep. Then went into combat sports full-time and never looked back. Yes, you question. Mm-hmm. You're, you're walking into a psychologist to get treated, right? And, and it's that guy. And Jeff's standing there, 
And, he's, and you're like, wait a minute, where's the psychologist? And like, are you going to beat me into thinking what I need to think? I mean, that would be such an interesting, uh, what's the word we're saying? Dichotomy, is that mm-hmm, the word? Mm-hmm. Of, of walking in to get treated by him and looking at him and then finding out what he does. He, he you know, he- Never he, judge a book by its cover, Straight right? up. He fixes people's heads for a living, then he punches people's heads for a living. It's, it's pretty interesting how they do that. Yeah. And uh, born in America, now living in Russia. Yeah, I wonder why that is. And very vocal and supportive <laughs> of the Communist Party. So that is going to be not shy a, about it, not shy at all. Um, so I'm going to dive into that. And Can I asked talk to, about that. Know, today? Yeah, we asked to, to chat. Do you have any questions for him uh, regarding that? His personal life, yeah. his political affiliations, his history in combat sports. And we'll let him speak to that. Yeah, we love really taking questions from the chat. And today's interview is going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be a toss up. It's not going to be our normal back and forth with BKFC fighters. Um, let's get a little. Uh, let's get a little bit deep. Let's ask some hard questions and you know see what his stance is and if there's any anything he wants the public to know about him and why he's chosen the life he has and. Yeah. So we should say it again. No questions off limits. Uh, drop your questions in the chat. We'll gladly talk to you and uh, we'll try to get your questions answered as well. Looking forward to talking to this guy. Uh, Rob's got the chat right here in front of him too. So make sure you drop it in. Uh, before we get to anything else, I have to do this really quick. I didn't even tell you I'm going to do this. So last week, uh, Chris Sorrow, I mentioned him and I said that he talked trash on Josh Burns family, mm-hmm. which I found out and I'm retracting this because I spoke with Chris. He was very nice. He contacted me. That was the story that was being told. Um, that's not the whole story. Apparently he posted something online and Josh's kids saw it. So I want to apologize to Chris Sara for that. He, you know, he's worried that he has businesses and stuff. And when you're making it sound like he's talking trash on people's family, mm-hmm. he was concerned by it. And like a man, he called me. He's very complimentary. He loves the show. He watches all the time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. appreciate that. And he just said, Hey, I just want to talk to you, Brian. We talked and he's hundred percent right. So you're a good guy. Sorry about that, Chris. Awesome. Just wanted to address cl- that. Cleared the air. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Rather so. than calling and threatening hey, me like well, I've had done before. Is, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> so look, man, this is what it's considered. Yeah, this is considered true journalism. If you make a mistake, own up to the mistakes. Well, or, well. Yeah, if we, you know, if we do something wrong, we'll admit to it. We'll clear the air. That's what um, we have to do. So take notes, do all you big, uh, <laughs> <laughs> big corporate media outlets out there, and you know who you are because I'm looking at you. I'm pointing to you right now. But all right. uh, well, listen before before we go on with this, I know mm-hmm. that uh, we have we have Jeff in the waiting room. All right, you want to bring him in? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's, let's get, right let's get him on, man. I'm excited for this. In Russia, live on Satellite 5. There he is, man. Jeff Monson. Hey, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. No, we appreciate it. And I just, I mean, a list of your accomplishments. You've done so much. You've fought all over the world. Uh, Rob and I were talking about this. What, Rob? UFC, Strike Force. Uh, I know you're in Pride. Dream, Pride, M1 Global. You name it. This guy has fought in every major fighting organization in history, basically. You've done it all. You've had a, an amazing career. And we're going to unpack a lot of stuff about your life today. And I think the first part we start with, you were born in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, and I know that has a wrestling roots there. And legendary mm-hmm. Vern Gagne, you probably have heard of him. Uh, yeah. he's, he's from there as well. And you were just such a great decorated college wrestler. Let's talk about the start of your life growing up in St. Paul. Uh, I mean, what was your life like? Mom and dad, were they together? Let's, let's talk about that. Um, well, um, my dad died when I was two and, uh, unfortunately in a, in a work accident. And so my mom was, uh, my mom was single for a couple of years and then remarried and, uh, she married a military guy and, um, he's hard, he's hard, hard guy. And like, she's, he's what she needed though. Like, you know, dependable, you know, dependable. And, um, uh, but he wasn't real, he wasn't real lovey or, or good feelings kind of guy. So um, I grew up, I grew up uh, pretty harsh um, conditions at home. And so, but it really shaped who I was and um, you know, like nothing was ever good enough. Um, So I got into sport and uh, tried to succeed in sport and, you know, always trying to please the one guy, the one person you couldn't please. So it was like one of those things. So, um, and that got really resonates even today because now, uh, like everything I do is like never good enough for myself, you know, no matter how, mm. what I do or accolades or this or that, I'm always looking at what I didn't do, what I didn't win, you know, how I didn't succeed and stuff. So, um, and in one way it's good cause I'll never let it go to my head like success, but in another way it's bad cause I can never like be happy really <laughs> with, with those kind of things. Well, when, when was it let, I mean, that, that has to be a, a mind game. Uh, 
I, I experienced that on another level, a lot lower than you do, because you always want to be at your best. And I think that's normal. But that's got to be a mind game for you. When's the last time you remember actually enjoying some of your success? Do you remember a time where you've done that? Um, I mean, the first time I won, uh, first time I won Abu Dhabi, um, I was, I was happy. I remember, like, I because I, I mean, in, in, in uh, wrestling, you know, I went to the state, the state you know, wrestling in my, in Washington state and I didn't win. And then I went to college wrestler and I was two time, you know, I was a, I was a pac 10 champion, went to nationals twice. And in my match to be an all American, I lost. And, and then I went to the nationals a bunch of times, like the Olympic trials the U S team trials. And I was, I was, a, cause I, I, w- I was a full-time psychologist, had a family. So I wasn't necessarily wanting to be like thinking I was going to be on the, you know, the world team or, but the top six are part of team USA. So I just want to be like the top six. I'd be like all American, you know, for me, like what I did do in college and three different times I lost my match to place. I won a bunch of matches and man, this is with a family working full-time as psychologist, wow. like part, you know, like working out with a local, like high school wrestlers. Well, these guys I was competing against were, you know, living at the Olympic training center and stuff. So it was difficult, but I just never, I never, uh, never had that achievement. So when I won the world championship, I don't know, I won like I'm like I won the world championship, and I'm walking around in Dubai, walking around in the desert in my like shorts after the fight, like two minutes after the short going, I can't believe it. Um, I was like, I thought all my demons were gone, and then, you know, I flew home to Seattle, and by the time I got off the airplane, I was a mess again. I was like, man, next year everyone's going to be out for me. Like they're really going to go for it. I, I got to train even harder. And, and like, so it's just, yeah, I could, I don't think I've can enjoy it really until maybe when it's all said and done, uh, I can enjoy it. Yeah. That's interesting too. And I know you said you had a, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, a background uh, in psychology, a psychologist who were working hard. And, and that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you're saying you had this harsh upbringing as a psychologist, you're probably almost trying to analyze yourself. That might make it even more confusing. <laughs> And I wonder, did your stepfather or anybody ever shake your hand and say, good job, I'm proud of you kind of thing, or that you never got that at all, ever, for anything? Um, I mean, my family, but, you know, when your family does it, it's just like, well, they love you. They don't, if you lose, <laughs> they're going to say the same thing. It's true. So, it's true. Um, man, no, not, I mean, I mean, it's got to come from within, you know. It's like one of those things, like, your family's going to love you, your friends are going to like you no matter what, because that means they're real friends, where they, they like you when you're like do well or don't do well. Those are your true friends. But, um, you know, my team always supported me in that, but, um, it's just one of those things where it's got to come from within. You got to be like happy from within. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard, you know, it's psychology. I analyze it. I understand what's going on, but it doesn't make you able to change it. That's gotta be more torturous that you're able to understand what's going on and analyze it. I guess that could help, but that's gotta be hard too. And I will say now though, uh, we're going back to Abu Dhabi there, Abu Dhabi. That's Rob and I were talking about that before on the air. That's like the best of the best of the best of the best. So kudos to you for winning that. You should have been proud. And even if you only enjoyed it for a couple seconds, I'm glad you're able to. No, thank you. You're welcome. And I know there's a lot of other stuff we're going to get into too, Rob. I I didn't mean to dominate here. I know you're excited to have my man on too. Please. No, absolutely. So, you were kind of talking about it, Jeff. Two-time Abu Dhabi world champion, MMA record, mixed martial arts record, 62 and 26. We worked through your college life. How did you get into professional combat sports and, and turning that full-time from a, a person with a degree in psychology? You had a family. You get into combat sports full-time. How do you make that transition? Well, I was, uh, like I said, I was going to nationals every year for wrestling, and I, I just... You know, like I was getting to a point like it's not going to happen. And um, I just I was in Seattle. And then at this time, um, I remember going um, with some of the guys after work and watching Randy Couture beat Marie Smith, who was also from Seattle, to win the UFC heavyweight title before it was like a big deal. And I was like, man, I wrestled with this guy in college. And um, mm-hmm. Marie Smith like is lives an hour away from me. And so I just started training um going up to a place called amc with matt hume um who's like a wizard and um i just started like being with josh barnett dennis hallman um randy couture matt linlin all these like like guys would be superstars in the sport and um you know i found Mm -hmm. out that my wrestling was 
um, worked well doing that. And so, um, you know, soon after I went to Abu Dhabi and um, I started uh, doing a bunch of amateur fights that is called pancreation. It was like one five minute round and uh, winning a bunch of them. And, um, and then I was lying to my wife. It's like, Hey, I'm going, I'm going, going to a wrestling tournament. <laughs> and uh, I was fighting. I, yeah, I couldn't didn't tell her for like a year and a half because she was like freaked out. So um, I did that. And then, when I want Abu Dhabi, then I started going, man, I, w- I want to fight. Like I, like, I just had that. It opened up, you know, the Pandora's box of, you know, all that adrenaline and wanting to win and achieve and all this stuff. So um, it was, from there, I just started uh, getting some fights and traveling and, you know, then a lot of good, a lot of good things happened from there. What was your wife's reaction when she finally found out you've been doing this fighting for, for a year or more? Uh, how did she, I mean, how did she react? <laughs> I think I slept one night out in the car, like when she when she first found out. She was really she was really pissed off. And I think I was more pissed off I didn't tell her the truth. But um, but she's always you know but but then she always supported me and stuff like that. And um, like soon after, um, maybe a year after, we got uh, I got I just got super lucky. Met uh, some guys from then it was the Silveria brothers. Um, but they later became American top team. Um, and they invited me to come teach the guys wrestling. And in return, I'd be part of the team and, um, you know, be a fighter and stuff like that. And so we moved to Florida, um, brought the whole family, you know, quit my job as psychologist. And just that's all I've done, you know, for the last 20 years now. So you moved, you, we're, we're now in Florida with the family, full-time fighting how did you get to Russia and how, and I'll, I'll just say it right. We'll, we'll get right into it. How did you become a communist anarchist and how did that, how did that evolution? Was that an overnight process? Was that ongoing? I mean, to hear an American that now lives in Russia that has a citizenship, is, is that correct? Do you have a visa with, uh, with Russia? No, I'm, a, I'm a citizen of Russia. You're yeah. a citizen of Russia. Okay. How did that, how did that all come about? Well, um, the rush, the Russia thing came, well, first I want to say like, uh, when I came to Florida and I was part of America top, we just started becoming America top team. Um, it was crazy because I remember I fought uh, Rico Rodriguez in UFC and they trained for this fight and they only trained me like two weeks. They didn't have enough. We didn't have enough time to like do a, a real camp for them. So I came in, I got my ass kicked and then. I fought uh, Abu Dhabi to Abu Dhabi, and I lost. The first time I never placed in Abu Dhabi because I won and then taken second and second. Um, and then I fought Forrest Griffin and lost. And then I tore my bicep, and I was out for like nine months. So I'm just thinking, these guys brought me down. They're giving me like a stipend just to live. And I lose, I lose, I lose. And now they have to cover me for my surgery mm-hmm. for nine months. So it was like, um, you know, these guys believe, like we say, like, did everyone say good job or like, uh, you know, you did a good, like these guys supported me. Like, even when, like, I still don't know. I mean, they must've believed in me, but either way they, they supported me. Um, but they were like the only ones because, you know, I was, I was done. Um, and then, uh, later I, uh, you know, I fought in the UFC. I lost, uh, to Tim. All right. Well, I don't know what's going on there. Hey, when it's live via satellite five from Russia, you might have these kind of problems. I want to learn more. There's a lot more we can ask this. We're just getting the meat potatoes of that. And I'm very curious that question you asked. There's so many other things that we can get into with him as well that we're going to do. Uh, hopefully we can get him back. I know the producers are working mm-hmm. feverishly getting him back. But I mean, so far, look, for what we're getting into, and I know that different people have different views, uh, how he moved communist ccp russia mm-hmm. and how he believes in that i believe he's also was appointed he had some kind of um role where they appointed him like for outreach uh i'd have to ask him about that but i think it's interesting because if you didn't know uh, you're talking to this guy and he's a really wonderful guy he seems very nice very mm-hmm. respectful so i believe that we can find out more about why he believes this and he mm-hmm. seems like he's ready and willing to talk about it so i hope we can get him back on i really do because that's when we were just starting to cook there with hot grease i was excited about yeah, that yeah i'm not going to put him too much into the hot seat but i mean the communist party is a direct result for hundreds of millions of deaths yeah. especially they, during the yeah. world war ii you and think they pulled the plug i wonder how yeah they might have that's right i haven't <laughs> said you think they pulled the plug <laughs> that's good evan <laughs> they said they said what, what how do you say no in russian neat 
Neat. I learned yes, that the other uh, day. N Y E T. Yeah. yeah. You know so much Russian there, Evan. Nah. <laughs> uh, how's the chat reacting? What are they saying? Anything? Um, you know, uh, commie this, commie that. For well, the most part, when it goes, they're not happy. They want to know why he's on. Yeah. Is, he, they do. is he fighting for us or what's the deal? Sure. Like, no, gonna, I mean, and like out. I said, we're going to be switching it up. We're going to be doing interviews with prominent combat sporting historians, current fighters, previous fighters, get their background on controversial topics. I think it's extremely controversial right now. You know, an American who now identifies or identifies or is. is a communist yeah. living in Russia. Um, how? Why? Why? Yeah. What, you know, what drove you to go down that road? Um, and from what I heard right now, I, I, I can't hear a reason why. It sounds like that everything was going well in America. American top team was uh, taking care of him. He had some injuries and they were supportive. They were behind him. Again, extremely smart, intelligent person, but decorated background, wrestling, Okay. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's all well and good. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in Russia, we've noticed, especially with BKFC, they love fighting. They love the fighters. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe he was treated differently in Russia? Like, he was a legend here, but as he went over there, maybe he became like a god in Russia. Maybe he liked that. I don't know. Maybe, we're going to find this stuff out. Yep. Uh, but I also wonder with him that, I mean, again, this guy, has, he's smart. He's very smart. So he's a psychologist. He's had a great fighting career. I mean, you put it in the notes here. You said arguably one of the greatest heavyweights uh, fighters of all time. Yeah, he fought Fedor Emelianenko. Yeah. I mean, what was it like sharing the ring with a a legend like that? I, I mean, that's it. that's crazy. That, but, that's crazy. Not not that many people can say that they shared the ring with one of the best, arguably the best heavyweight fighter say of all time. Uh, I think I think though that we have. It's going to be fun because one of the things we typically do on this show is we talk to our fighters, which we're going to continue to do, and we promote fights, which we will continue to do. But I think it's fun to step back once in a while and actually learn somebody's story. It makes you invest in them more. I didn't know all this stuff about him. I only knew a little bit about him. Uh, So it's exciting. And we're going to try to get him back on the phone. But for now, you know what happens when we have technical difficulties. You're going to watch this. So as we're waiting for our friend to come back on again, Rob and I were talking during the commercial. And by the way, just so they know, because it kind of came out of nowhere, I kicked somebody in the face when I heard the commercial. <laughs> What's that? That, that, was, that was so. That was college radio. While college radio was fun, his name was Ryan. Here's how long ago it was. Good Rob. luck trying to do that in today's college well, radio, uh, dude, man. If there even is college radio anymore, <laughs> but the, the, here's how long ago that was. Now think about this, and you can all relate because we're probably close to the same age. Uh, digital cameras are newer at that mm-hmm. time. You can film like 15 seconds or something and they're really expensive. Yeah. And this guy had it for like a day from his brother or father. So we're taking all these videos, but yeah, that was when digital cameras were like brand new with the video. We thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like two megapixels. <laughs> Straight. You saw it. It was like, and, and the best part was in college radio, I used to play vinyl and I would play like, I was one of the only ones I played a lot of hair bands. So okay. that was a story. Cool. This is, that was a promo for the show. He held it up through the quiet riot record. This is for the hair bands. I super kicked his jaw off. Shawn Michaels, eat your heart out. All right. We have our, our friend back on the phone, I believe. You want to get back to him? Yeah, we're back. We're, awesome. We're, oh, there he is. I thought you left us. <laughs> Sorry. So that's another thing about Russia. Russia is, uh, the, like, so we're, off, we're on a, a power grid. And uh, so I wasn't charging my phone. It just died on me. But, you know, the, in Russia, there's, um, just two days ago, the heat started. Like, there's such like if you live in an apartment, you get like central heating for everybody. You can't turn on your heat when you want to. It's just like the turn on heat in the building that just started like two days ago. And in the summer, there's like a three week uh, period where there's no hot water. And they do this to save energy. So um, yeah, if you everybody gets the same bill for heat and whatever because it's like you can't turn it on when you want. Does that bother you a little bit? I mean, I feel like, and maybe because I'm used to being an American, but I feel like mm-hmm. if I couldn't do something like that, and I'm sure there's other things like that, because Russia's, Russia's a different culture than us. Yeah. Uh, was that taking some getting used to? You're okay with that? That would be takes you, I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, you got to get a spell. We have a space. Everybody's got a like, space heater. And, okay. um, and it, gets, it gets a pain. It's the cold showers in the summer are a little pain. So, honestly. <laughs> I never like but, cold uh, showers. Anyway, it's shrinkage. Just, I, I saying, um, so I, uh, got a, I got a, I fought in the UFC, lost to Tim Sylvia. And then after I got the opportunity to fight, uh, Fedor Emelenko, which was like my dream to fight this guy. Um, cause he's the, he's the greatest of all time. He's like, you know, everybody now say, Oh man, he's this guy, you know, hasn't lost in two years, three years. I mean, this guy went 11 years without losing 11 years mm-hmm, and wow. we fought the pride when pride was better than UFC back then. Oh yeah. Uh, sure he was, was fighting all the best guys, beating all the best guys. 
Um, and not even a close match. He never had like a you know split decision win. He was killing everybody. Um, so it was like a, a dream come true to fight this guy. I thought I was going to win because, you know, he'd come in like kind of throwing punches. I thought, man, I'm going to take this guy down. And, uh, you know, because he, he got taken down by Coleman, by a couple mm-hmm. other guys, and uh, they didn't know what to do on top. You know, even um, uh, saw him, you know, like three or four fights where I scouted him, he got taken down. Um, but the guy, and then he ended up arm barn or something like that. But I go, if I take him down, I'm going to sub him. And, um, but he just played a smart game and um, just made it a stand-up fight. I think he knocked me down like four times in the fight. And um, he just never got on top of me. He just like, stand up, stand up. And um, so just beat the hell out of me. And, um, but after that, like from, from a loss, everything happened. Like everything good that could have possibly happened from a loss happened. Like afterwards, he came in the locker room, take a photo with me, said good job. And they took a photo, like the journalists took that photo. That photo ended up like on the, on the front page of like the Moscow Times. And so everybody's like, well, this is our hero. He's our God. And if he likes Jeff Munson, I guess we like Jeff Munson, like kind of like that. And then, then I was on like dancing with the stars here, like all their major programs. Um, you you know, were, you were on dancing with the stars in Russia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long did you last? We, I went, I did three episodes, which was pretty good. Cause I cut two per episode. So we, I was like halfway through. Um, but I tell you what, it was, like as an adult, it was the best other than my children. It's the best, most fun I've ever had in my life. But like by far I had, I was with a beautiful um, woman, Masha, I said a professional dancer and like she had so much pace with me, but like everyone was so cool. And, um, it, but it was work, man. We, we trained like six hours a day, six hours a day, like dancing. And I, I'm a terrible dancer. Um, but they did that. They made like dances that were good for me, you know? And, um, but we lasted six, uh, we lasted three episodes and, um, it was like the best experience I ever had. Like as an adult, like so fun, like everybody's so supportive and it's like, great. That's awesome. Yeah. They say that they say it's very rigorous training for dancing. I had a friend that was on there and I've, uh, the Miz is actually on there now, a friend of mine. He's also saying that it's, it's kind of, it's kind of rough training. Uh, before we move on to the next question, I'd like you to do a little Watuzi or something. Show me a move. Go ahead. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man, do oh, something. The only thing I did good was I could lift her up good. That's all I could do. <laughs> That's awesome, I lift, dude. I lift, 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 lift. Everything else is like terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you lasted three shows. You did something right. And I mean, you cleaned up very nicely. We just showed a picture of what it looked like. And uh, good for you. Dancing with the Stars in Russia. That's something new I didn't mm-hmm. realize. We, it wasn't in my research. Very exciting, Rob. Yeah. Uh, but so you, you were loving life in Russia. It sounds like they, they seem to love you there. And, and I know where Rob was going with this. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to you know talk about it further, Rob, uh, that's, is that the reason you just, they embraced you in Russia? Is that the reason you wanted to go there? How did the transition truly occur yeah. from being a, an American citizen to adopting a Russian way of life and getting, I guess, how do you explain that to your wife and children that we're leaving America? We're leaving basically everything you've ever known. And we're making that transition to another country. And it's just, it's, it's well, mind boggling to a lot, a lot of it's people. It's funny you say uh, that. So it didn't, it didn't go well with the, um, the wife. And so there's no longer that. Uh, <laughs> there's gotcha. no longer a wife you're saying? I uh, said so there, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go like my success in Russia didn't go, didn't go well for the family and oh, okay. USA. So that ended that and that there was more to it than that, but that, that was kind of the final straw. Um, but you know, I, I just loved, um, you know, I mean, for example, like this, this, my, uh, the epitome of it, like, uh, I, I did a fight in, um, a place called Penza. And so I went there, I had to be there like three weeks before the fight for training. And the guy, the, um, the guy that did the show kind of, he, you know, I didn't really know a lot about rush at this time. And he kind of, he used me, he was like bringing me to tattoos parlors and and the mall and this and like getting people to pay him to bring me and i didn't know about it i found out later you know and this and that and so um so i was being like just being run ragged for three weeks i didn't know any better um and then i did the fight i won um but during this time they did an interview with me 
Um, and one of the interviews are like, oh, do you like Penza? Do you like Russia? And I did. I like the people are so nice. I go, yeah, I like you know, Penza Russia, but I want to be in America right now because my mom has cancer. She's in Seattle. She's she's really sick. And I, I, I'm thinking about her. I wish I was in Seattle. And um, so I fought. So I did the fight. And I had one free day before I went back to America. And I was walking on the street with this translator. And this guy, it's like, he must have been 70 or plus. He like kind of waving at Jeff, 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 and uh, flagged me down. And then he stopped me. And so we're talking with the translator. And he said, Jeff, I saw your interview last week. And I was coming on um, the last couple of days. I was coming to the hotel, but they wouldn't tell me your room number. And like, you don't understand this right now, but you will later. It goes, I love you. I love, I love your mom. And Russia loves you. And Russia loves your mom. And he had made, he was like a carpenter. He had made this, uh, like religious icon with Mary and Jesus and stuff. And he gave it to me and he said, give this to your mom with Russia from love. It was like, man, I just cried. It was like really emotional. But that to me, that, uh, that was Russia. You know I mean? The people, the people really give us not everything is what I expected from Russia. Like seeing the red square, seeing all the sites I'd seen on TV, seeing all the stuff, but the people were much different. You know, the, you know, in, in America, the thing is like, hard ass stoic not smiling um but really they're really quite giving and um and not not just because it's me but just some people in general they just you know like if, if they meet you and they they get along with you on the subway or something like that um don't it's not a surprise to be invited to their house next Saturday for a barbecue. You wow. know what I mean? In USA, you don't get that like that, that quickly, you know what I mean? But in Russia, it's like normal. And then, and then after the barbecue, you bring some food and you share, and then all of a sudden you're like good friends, your family, not just, I mean, you introduce them to your wife and your kids and everybody else. So it's like, like family, you know, it's like they put a big emphasis on, on family here. And it's, you know, I like this. Sure. And I, uh- I'm not going to lie. I live on the East Coast. The East Coast is rough. And when I say like East that. Coast, yeah. from New York <laughs> City straight down to Florida, uh, and I've traveled across the country, and there are different parts of America that are more welcoming, um, more out West. Um, big shout out to Texas. Um, they're a little bit more welcoming, a little yeah. bit more hospitable. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. A little bit nicer. Um, with your move to Russia, or let me start with this. Would you consider yourself an anti-American? So I'm seeing it in the chat right now. Would you consider yourself an anti-American, pro-Russian? Because it sounds like you still have some love for for America, but you've adopted their, you know, uh, Russian way of life. Russian way of life. How how would you identify um, yourself, or if someone asked you, who who are you? Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I'm not a big. Uh, I think when you say um, I'm patriotic, I think that takes away. You know what I mean? Being, being supporting your country is different than being like a, it seems like when people say I'm patriotic, mm-hmm. you're supporting everything. Like I'm pay, I'm a patriot. I support the USA and stuff. And to me, that sounds like you're just in, um, that's kind of supporting a lot of what USA does. And I like, as far as the USA on international, on the international scene, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm anti, very much anti-American. Um, I don't like, us having 900 bases and 150 different countries and and what were like USA putting sanctions on Russia Venezuela like Cuba um Lebanon all these different countries I I don't like this at all um but you know like being being an American like living in America having American friends my top my team American top team is American top team (laughs) you know um my family my friends live in America most of them so um, I can't, I'm not anti-American. I'm just, I'm not, uh, I don't think, I don't think uh, the government and some of the actions that they do necessarily represent the will of like all Americans. So I, you know, in that way, and in the same way with Russia, you know, Russia, Russia not, is definitely not imperialistic, even though it's, it's made out to be that way in the West. But, um, you know, I believe, you know, I don't support everything Russia does just because I love Russia. Doesn't mean I'm like, they do this, they do this. I'm not going to like, oh, that's, it's okay. Cause it's Russia and I'm Russian. No, I, you know, I, if it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. So, you know, I think they, each particular case or action by itself. 
So uh, another thing that I read in my research about you, and I, I don't know the exact terminology, but Russia really does love you. Uh, the CCP, they, they somehow gave you, appointed you to some kind of, is, is an outreach position? Is this true? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, you know, this is before I knew, I was, you know, when I came here, I was really enamored. You know, the people loved me, the, you know, the, the Communist Party of Russia. I met Zuganov, who's the head of the, the Russian party like several times I had dinner with him and his family and, you know, all this stuff in March, you know, and the, um, on the, uh, the birthday of Lenin and went to his tomb and laid flowers down with Zuganov and a bunch of a big parade and stuff. So, um, and I, so, you know, I was uh, doing all this stuff, having luncheons with all these big rigs and businessmen and stuff. And they just said, uh, you know, we want you to, they gave me this position as kind of an outreach person for the communist party. And, I, you know, I was glad. I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. You know, it's like my dream. Um, but what I wanted from them was I wanted them to open all these schools up um, for free for kids. And I would teach at these schools for free. And and I would, you know, say, hey, look, the Communist Party in this city open this. And then they all they would have to do is supply the, the mats. You know, there's already gyms. Supply the mats and hire a teacher. So, you know, I've said I can't be at all these schools in different cities all at one time, but I would go, you know, every week to a different place and do this. And I said, I'll do this. I'll support it. Because every time I had big crowds, a lot of kids, you know, loved it, all this kind of stuff. So this is good for you. This is good for me. It's good. And especially it's good for the kids. And they promised and promised for two years. They promised and promised. And finally, I went to uh, this luncheon, this big, it was like a cheese and wine wine dinner with all these photographs of, of Che and um, like Fidel Castro and all these like history of the communist party and stuff. And, um, you know, I brought it up again. I said, okay, this is great, but let's do this. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So we're supposed to meet again the next week for to make all this concrete plans. And they like blew it off and we didn't meet. So um, it was bad timing for them because I had an interview on channel one, which is their biggest channel, like on like national, like it's like, NBC, CBS, ABC all together, you know, and it's a channel one. And I had a TV interview on this channel, like the following day. And I just, I was pissed off. And I just said, you know what? F these guys, this communist party, like, um, they're not, there's no communists in the communist party. And so I have no affiliation with them at all. And so screw them. And it was right before the election and they just took a big hit. Mm. So, um, but like, so they haven't talked to me since. Um, because it's true, man. They like I wanted to do all this communist stuff, and they like were not supportive at all. So you know. Well, that's interesting because, like I said, I mean, I was listening to your story there, and I'm thinking uh, with my American beliefs, if this is happening, same thing. I, I would be like, well, number one, I'd be a little nervous to even talk to them, thinking they might, again, my American beliefs use me to kind of further what they want, and they didn't hold up their end <laughs> of the bargain. So it's it's smart that you're able to see that, and I feel like uh, yeah, I we knew talk- they were using me, but I was like, well, I'm going to get. What I want out of this is them to do something for kids. And so I, I'll, I'll let them use me. I know what's going on. I'm not stupid. I know what's going on. And as long as they fulfill their end, I'm okay with it. But they didn't. So. Well, that's good that you were able to kind of cleave that off then. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about really quick before we wrap up with you is uh, <laughs> when we were talking, I see on your little icon there, you're with a bear. Do you wrestle bears? I mean, it looks like you're like hugging a bear. I would never hug it. You do a lot that I, I would never probably go to Russia. I would probably never hug a bear. Uh, I would never fight. We know that. I'd be killed. But uh, I wouldn't get tattoos because I'm a big wimp too. You've done a lot of these things. What's up with the bear? <laughs> Is he wrestling bears now? Um, I got, man, I got to like i you know uh like that's like big here <laughs> so um you know um it's, it was all my bear i don't know i just like i think i'm the bear whisperer or something like that but <laughs> i know uh i know uh, a couple people from the big moscow circus and um so when when bear cubs are found by by people or by loggers and their moms have been either shot by by poachers or like killed or something like that, they'll bring them in. You know, it's not, it's not so often they get some baby bears found, but if they're brought in, they, you know, it's like if they leave them out in the wilderness, they're going to die. If they bring them to a zoo, they're going to be behind a cage and miserable. So it's a bet, you know, it's a best bet. So they, they get human interaction they get to be with other bears, all this stuff. So anyway, like I know them. So I get to, yeah, I get to play with them when they're little. And then as they grow up, 
you know, I get to be with them some, so they know me. So like when they get older, I'm, I, I'm one of the few people that, you know, and they're trainers, of course, um, that gets, uh, like wrestle around with them. So yeah, I love that. I love it. It's, like, it's my favorite thing in the world to do. That's crazy. If, so. if I'm a bear, I'm running away from Jeff Monson. I, I know I don't have a chance. <laughs> I'm out of there. I'm gone. No, no chance at all. The bear's probably taken off, but it seems like you have a great relationship with them. And, uh, again, that was the last thing I want to touch on, but we have one more thing I was just told before we get out of here. Uh, you've wrestled bears, you've fought everybody in the world, but now you have a major announcement that you want to make here on the BKFC show. We're very excited about this announcement. I'm going to let you make the announcement, Jeff. I appreciate that. So yeah, I've fought everyone in the world. Um, you know, like every major organization pretty much. And, uh, how, you know, I had a few injuries last few years and I have like, this is the healthiest I've been in a long time. So, um, yeah, I want to say it's, uh, I want to say thank you guys because uh, I'm going to, make my debut in um, bare knuckle boxing for uh, from you guys at bare knuckle fighting championships. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited to go. I've been, I've been wanting this for a long time. It's like a new challenge. It's something that, um, you know, some people said you can't do, uh, which makes me want to do it all the more. So um, I'm very excited to be, you know, my, my good friend and my teammate, uh, Tiago Alves won the, I think they were the middleweight, yeah, middleweight championship. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he, you know, he'd been off for a while and, and um, so I'm hoping to follow his, uh, follow his lead. Well, Jeff Monson uh, officially signed here at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. We're going to see what you can do with Bare Knuckles. Uh, we know we're, we're pretty big in Russia, so uh, we know you've been uh, studying up on You're us. You're very big in Russia. You're very, it's, it's very popular here. That's huge. Probably more popular than anywhere else. It's very popular mm-hmm. here. Yeah, that's that's what we hear. So that's exciting. I said I said last week. I feel like you know David Hasselhoff in America. He's kind of David, but then he goes to Germany. He's the biggest. He's like Michael Jackson yeah. or Elvis. And I don't I don't think any official um, any official fights have been signed yet. But I'll put it out there. I think your first fight. Um, I think the crowd would go crazy over it, especially considering the background is you versus Sam Shoemaker, Oof. the All American versus Oof. now uh, the Russian. I, I don't think it would get any uh, more. More exciting than that, um, but no, we uh, wow. we appreciate you hopping on this interview. I'm not sure who you're going to be fighting next, but you know we definitely look forward to that. Thank you. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me, guys. Hey, what time is it in Russia? It is. We are nine hours ahead of you, so um, I don't even know what time it is. Like what time is it? Like ten? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so you stayed up late with us. All right, we appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, go uh, get ready to have your midnight snack in a little while, and then go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Appreciate Thanks, it. Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, well, there Thanks, it is, man. There he is. Officially signed. You heard the announcement. Jeff Monson, uh, he's done a lot in fighting. I know the people in the chat were yelling, commie, commie this, mm-hmm. kill a commie, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like his views, you can watch him get punched in the face. You should really like that. And if you do like him and you want to see a good fight, I- I'm not going to take that away from the guy. I mean, we might not agree, but he's, he's, he's a guy that has a decorated fight career. So I'm excited to see what he can do at BKFC. Yeah, you don't have to agree with his political background, and I certainly do not yep. by any stretch of the imagination, nor support it. Um, I'm American. I, uh, I think the capital capitalist uh, is the best in the world as we have it. It could be changed. It could be tweaked. It could be you know fixed. There's certainly things we can improve upon, but that's not to say that you have to hate someone or dislike someone based off of those doesn't always have to be black and white, no. but shades of gray. It's going to make a great fight. Nonetheless, <laughs> I can't wait, people, man. Yeah. I'm pretty pumped. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. And I, mean, I like hearing people's backgrounds and, and trying to figure out how they got to the position where they're at and why, like why leave America? And if I were to leave America, you know, where would, where would I go? Well, not even leave America. Hold on. Food. I don't care about bears no. and I don't care about political backgrounds and all that shit. I care about nice wine, nice food. Well, yeah, nice wine makes everything better. <laughs> yeah, Food's absolutely. great too. But I think it's not not just that he went to Russia, became a citizen, and started working with them a little bit. I think it's also the fact that um, he said he lost a wife over this. I mean, the guy. So the guy is sticking to his beliefs uh, and and going there. He lost his relationship. It sounds like over this. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he must really believe in what he believes in. So more power to him. Uh, we like getting different views on the show and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it was great to have him on and we'll be doing more stuff like that in the future, but I can't wait to watch him fight. Um, I was told by one of our producers, I plugged the app too much, even though I'm told to do that. BKFC.com. <laughs> you can check out the app when Jeff fights for us, but we're going to get back to some more fun in just a minute. Look, they put it up down there too. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> right after this, we'll talk to you again. We got some more stuff coming up for you. 
I'm still here waiting for him to go to commercial. Did he go to commercial yet? And we're live, baby. Yay. We're back. Oh, he went to commercial. I was waiting. I didn't know. So <laughs> thank you for that. We're back. Uh, great interview there. And we just announced, if you missed it, Jeff Monson has signed with BKFC. He's in Russia right now. He'll be fighting Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Excited to see what he's going to do. But there's a lot of stuff going on in Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. And one of the biggest things going on right now that I can see on Instagram, on the gram, mm-hmm. is the fact that... Uh, Hector, Hector Lombard. Put Dramos. Out a, yeah, he's put out a video. He put out a video, and I believe we have the video if they're ready in the satellite production truck. We can roll the video of Hector and, and what he had to say. No one, no one wants to find me, okay? Now, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Who should I fight next? Who should I fight next? Talk to me. Tell me. So, essentially, he's asking the fans... Uh, who he should be fighting. Drop it in the chat. Let us know yeah, who's you, his next opponent. Let us know who's next opponent. I know who I want to see him fight. I, I bet you I could speak for Rob here too. But I found it interesting when I went through the comments, because even though I don't always comment, I'm always reading. I'm always lurking. I'm always looking what's happening. And I saw that uh, a lot of people are stepping up. A lot of people saying Tyrone Woodley, but that fight, you know, a lot of people don't want to see that. Some do, some don't. It's just a matter of opinion. I saw Quentin Henry was jumping. The hero's like, what do you mean? I'll fight you. Let's go. So Quentin Henry, the hero, you talk about an American. He was, uh, he was up for it, too, as Rob puts his American hat, hat on over his falling down off of the globe, the it, only place After belongs. we interviewed uh, a guy that supports communism, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's falling off the globe, the American flat. We don't want that. Keep it up there. <laughs> Hold USA, it up. USA, man. Also, uh, Hector talking about, uh, he actually didn't really say anybody, but then everybody starts hitting the chat. The juggernaut, Lorenzo Hunt. Why are you running from Lorenzo Hunt? I'm seeing mm. a lot of that. That's the fight I want to see. Um, Lorenzo came to his house, man. He called him out at his house. He came. He came to the boxer studios, man. Yeah, he, he called did him at his house. Lorenzo has been very vocal. I, I saw old. Lorenzo with a chicken sometime, saying it was it was Hector. Uh, he's been to a lot. I mean, we saw him jump in, in the squared circle. Do we have um, uh, any of that? I don't know if we do. I'm sorry for that. Why don't we go back to that just in case you forgot what happened uh, with Hector and Lorenzo? This is why a lot of people want to see this fight. Brian Sosha. You know Hector, uh, I, uh, Lorenzo Hunt in the ring. Oh, Jesus. The infamous. And Joe Riggs breaking up the fight right now. Two good shots landed by Hector Lombard. Now, I was obviously, oh, Jesus. I was closer to that than anyone. And I'm going to tell you, that is very real. This isn't fight promotion. I know you can see that. But I have never been. I was in between Luis Palomino and Jim Allers when the headbutt happened. That was my first Mm -hmm. gig with BKFC. And that was pretty intense. Shannon Briggs was there. But this was the most intense thing I've ever been involved in. My feet moved quickly. Lorenzo wants that title, and these guys don't seem to like each other at all. You can actually see they're probably going to, yeah, look at me. <laughs> now watch, now watch. If you look closely at my foot, I'm trying to get out of the ring. They're like, and the director's screaming, stay in the ring. I'm like, I don't want to stay in the ring. I'm going to get out of here. like, oh, shit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So it was very... <laughs> What did Joe Riggs say to you, bro? Oh, what did Joe Riggs say to me? So I was speaking to Joe yesterday about this, actually. Joe Riggs, if you go back and watch that, Joe said, he goes, where are you going? Why are you running? He's not going to hit you. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get paid, man, and do my job. I don't want to catch any any wayward punches. You guys would kill me. And and we, I, I didn't speak to Joe after that because I was pretty cool with Joe. Joe was really nice when, when I promoted the fight with him. I'm like, oh, this guy wants to kill me. And I talked to Joe yesterday during an interview, and we addressed that. Joe actually said, oh, bro, I like you, bro. I'm sorry. You know, tensions were running high, but I wanted to let you know he wasn't going to hit you. Joe was super cool about it, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he actually apologized. I'm like, no need to apologize. Yeah. I'm getting the hell out of the way. But Joe even said that when we interviewed him, Joe was saying that, he didn't even go to grab him right away. He wanted to see what his corner would do because Joe had some kind of issue, if you remember, where he got in trouble, he got fined a bunch of money, getting in a fight in the hospital with somebody. Yeah. And so he said he was very, very nervous with, you know, getting involved because I was sure. with sure. the one and only Nick Diaz. That's yeah. right. We we're just talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he had all these problems with that and he was apprehensive, but it didn't seem apprehensive to me. He got involved. He pulled him back. But the whole point is I've been involved in a couple of these things where I'm in the middle because I'm always trying to get the story for you. And this was the most intense. That's a fight that I want to see. Rob, I'm going to speak for you. You probably want to see it too. I do. I absolutely do. I mean, I, they've got, there's no love lost there. No. We've I mean, got to make that fight. Again, yeah. he shows up at his gym calling him out and it was all jovial for the first all mm, two seconds. And then they're like, you know what? This is, nah. And then, Look, man, uh, Hector Lombard is about as real as it gets. He oh, is yeah. real in everything he says, everything he does. You, he got into his face after the fight. Doesn't happen, Hector. Yeah. 
It sells itself. That to me is our version of the McGregor could be bus incident. Well, you know this what is, I mean? There's, it's I real. It's so yeah. real. Yeah. I, I want to see, I'd like to see how, you know, the, the Montana fight comes about. Uh, of course, Joe Riggs versus Melvin Gillard, because I want to see that rematch. I had Joe Whit- Riggs, excuse me, winning that fight. And again, all of his fights, he looked so good. His footwork was so smooth, and he was landing the shots. Well, I want you, I want you to think about this. I'm sorry to cut you mm-hmm. off, but when I was speaking to Joe yesterday, I didn't know this. Before he took that fight, I knew he hadn't fought in a while. I knew he had some knee problems and stuff, uh, but I didn't know. He told me, he was, and if Evan or Brandon, you were on the, on the interview too, I think he said he was 220 or 230 before that fight. He was out of shape, mm-hmm. and he got himself down, but he was fighting up. He's usually like where, where he's going to be now, 185. Mm-hmm. So you'll see a different Joe Riggs. When I was interviewing him yesterday, you could see he's, he's just slimmed down. He's all upset because mm-hmm. he said he has high cheekbones and a weird <laughs> jaw structure so his face gets yeah he looks very sucked gone, in like skeletal in there yep. yeah. yeah so he said he doesn't like that part of it but he's excited to be back at his his regular weight so uh i'm looking forward to see he was that impressive when he was fighting up weights that doesn't always happen carrying that extra weight so let's see what he can do now i mean I, i'm i'm pumped up to see joe riggs because yeah. i think he's gonna when he came in against hector you know you have deep respect for him but if you looked at what a lot of the fans were saying not all of them mm-hmm. but a lot of them they thought Hector, you know, would win that. They thought that that's the way it was going to go. And it was controversial. One-sided. Yeah, but yeah. it was not mm-hmm. at all. And Riggs said it himself. He would have slept him if it would have kept going. I, and I, I tend to agree. Although, Hector, if you ask me, I'm not going to agree with that. I'm going to say, no, I think you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> but I look forward to that fight. And whoever whoever Hector fights next is going to be exciting. And but if what is Hector hunt, doing? It just makes sense. It makes all the doing? sense in the world. What is he doing? Though? Let's be honest. Like He's putting that out, do you, do you think, to get the reaction? He, he's got to figure out that people are going to say Lorenzo Hunt after everything that happened. Mm-hmm. So you think he's just kind of trying to market that fight. But I don't think it's marketing for him. I think he does not like Lorenzo Hunt. I think they don't like each other. I don't think so either. So, I mean, what do you <laughs> think, think people are going to say, though? I mean, it's to the point now when you're calling people out and you have a guy that's been yelling for months on Instagram. But from what I can see, it looks like he was blocked on Hector's, Hector's Instagram, uh, Lorenzo Hunt. So maybe maybe he doesn't know how much uh, Lorenzo's been yelling about it. So I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm excited either way. Uh, great video by Hector when I saw mm-hmm. it the other day. Um, I wish I could do your accent, Hector. It's, it's quite awesome. <laughs> I have a stupid Philadelphia accent. You have a really cool one. So, I mean, that, that's where I'm looking. What do they say in the chat? They're probably all saying Hunt, right? They're saying Hunt. Yeah, that's a Everyone's fight that needs to be made. Hunt. That's where we need to go. Hunt. I'm saying Hunt. I'm saying Hunt, too. You're saying Hunt. Yeah, so it's got to be Hunt. It's so whoever's listening out there that uh, David Feldman, Nate Shook, you know, try to get it done. Please. Hook the fans up. Hook, hook us up. Hook us up. Yeah. <laughs> we hook are the up. fans, too, right? So, I mean, I think we've covered a lot today. I don't think there's much more to get into. Do you want to just... Talk about what's coming up. I mean, we're, we're right on the horizon here. BKFC uh, Montana. Our debut in Montana is uh, October 9th, excuse me. And, of course, you've seen Riggs Gillard on top. There's so many other good fights as well. Uh, we'll go through the schedule in a second. Yeah, Wichita but, was just announced. Tickets are on sale now. Yeah, yeah, now, get on that. They are live. Wichita, am I allowed to do Kansas. that, producers? BKFC.com. Can I say that as a two-plug? Yeah, make sure you talk about uh, Game Bread <laughs> as well. That's... Uh, Game, game bread is coming live on the app tomorrow night, uh-huh. eight PM Eastern Standard Time. Don't miss that. I'll tell Ungloved you, mixed martial arts. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Um, but I'll tell you, I want to rewind for a minute. I want to go back to the Montana card really quick. I, okay. I hate to go backwards. I don't like it's doing fun. that, but we have to. So Tom Shove, uh, excellent video. If you missed it, put out on our Instagram about Tom Shove. Uh, it was done by our content department. I believe the Lord Evan Zentar did that. We interviewed him, chopped it up, put it up. Great footage, great hype video for Tom Shove. Um, but he's fighting a debuter named Josh Wright. Now, I didn't know much about Josh Wright, but kudos to Mission Accomplished Podcast because you guys had him on last night, and I sat there and I watched the whole thing. What a personality on this guy. He reminds me of Bam Bam Bigelow. He's got his head tattooed, mm-hmm. uh, if you know who Bam Bam Bigelow is, but just a guy that was captivating to listen to, very humble, and is very excited to be here. Now, I actually made some notes. This is from Mission Accomplished. I mean, great interview with him, guys, because if you don't know Josh Wright, I want to get you more excited about the fight because you're seeing on social media, oh, Tom Shove's fighting a debuter. Now, he might be fighting a debuter, but just a couple notes here I made on, uh, on Josh, uh, Josh Watson. Uh, let's see. First, I mean, I couldn't do this. He's benching 500 pounds last year. He's got to be a strong guy. What? How much is it? 155? Yeah, I, I think. I Yeah, I guess. 155, and he's benching how much? 500 pounds, he says. Jesus says. Christ, I didn't man. see it. This is what he said. Uh, <laughs> what are they feeding him over there? <laughs> I, I don't know. Apparently, he, uh, he helped... 
He helped uh, Frank Mir get in shape by sparring with him for a triller. Really? So there you go. He's, he's in there with a heavy-handed guy. He works this his tail no off. Aside from fighting, he's got a real job. He works over 45 hours a week every day, trains and everything. So you got to respect that. Mm-hmm. Working man. Absolutely. And, and he has all these tats. And I love on his knuckles. It says, stay down. <laughs> That's one of the best tattoos for a bare-knuckle yeah. fighter, right? And here's my favorite. And you can all make fun of me in the chat. And I don't care because if you don't agree, I don't agree with you. He said it. I'm going to say it. And I'm curious your stance on this. The man loves pumpkin spice. He loves it. I do too. It's that time of year. And he was excited about it. <laughs> pumpkin spice is a wonderful thing. Do you like pumpkin spice? Hell no, man. Are you out of your mind, dude? Coffee, <laughs> a little coffee in there? Nah. You like what you like. It's a flavor. It tastes uh-huh. good. I agree. Evan, you're not a, I bet you Evan's not a pumpkin spice guy. He's going to make fun of me. I love it. Do you really? Oh, say yes, this, he time, is. this is my favorite tell, time of year. I go to Wawa. You get the, the uh, PSL, a little pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, man. Oh, it's a lot of sugar, though. You'll... you'll be a little fired up after it. Well, I could use to be fired up. Sometimes I'm kind of tired, as you can tell in these broadcasts. Uh, you know, I drink the Tiger Life. They should make uh, pineapple spice Tiger Life. I would, <laughs> I would crush I like that. But I love that. He, I love that he did all that. It was a nice little um, thing. I didn't know a lot about him. So, uh, Josh Wright, we're looking forward to see you fight and uh, mission accomplished. Great work there. We appreciate you. And we said it. If anybody beats Tom Schoof on their debut. They are about as real as it gets. Yeah. That guy is solid as a rock, man. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be an exciting fight. I, he looked, from what I could see, this debut for one fifty five. He looked way bigger than one fifty five to me, though. I, I don't know. This is what I saw. That's th- going to give Tom trouble, then, man. He's been having trouble with people in uh, higher weight classes. He's held his own. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but the bigger guys give him the problems. He did look bigger, and, and now I should say that this is the fight that I'm assuming Tom Shove. I've put all the pieces together. I saw it on the board out there, and I also know that he's debuting for us. So if I'm wrong, I'll do another retraction like I did this week for Chris Sorrow. That's what I do, <laughs> and I'll probably get beat up like Arnold Adams almost beat me up. So that's it for today. I mean, we're very excited. Is the card up on BKFC.com, or where can they see the whole card? We don't have the Check whole thing Check it all out yet. at BKFC.com. Okay. Link to that. And you okay. go and make sure you download the app. You can watch all of our previous fights, all the exclusive content, and all the live events for only four ninety nine a month. What a sell job. You're, you're like that dude. What was his name? The guy used to be on the infomercials that died. That was like a sell job. I loved it. I don't know. I should be that guy. What, Billy, Billy Mays? Yeah, Billy, Billy Mays. Yeah, yeah, Billy Mays. Yeah, yeah, Billy Mays. Oh, he's dead? He died? Uh, didn't yeah. Billy Mays die? Yeah, dude. yeah, he died. I thought I had a good beard. That guy puts me to shame, dude. I that thing was Billy yeah, Mays, dude. Back. Yeah. yeah, you guys can be just like twin brothers. Anyway, that's enough for today. Before they start playing us out, we get on a Billy Mays kick. I can talk about him for hours. He's a genius. Uh, I'm going to thank everybody. Thank the producers. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, you guys too. And most of all, my podcast host, my, Ooh, my show host, I should say. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Jeff Monson for coming on. If you missed it, Jeff Monson officially signed. We're excited to see what he's going to do. And we're excited for you to check out BKFC.com. As I say, until next week, put the tiger life up, baby. Get amped up and knuckle up. Like, have a